Welcome to Dig In, the podcast brought to you by Dig Insights. Each week, Jess Gedeke chats with world-class brand professionals to bring you the story behind the story of some of the most breakthrough innovations, marketing tactics, and campaigns. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Dig In podcast. I'm Jess Gedeke, and I'm going to begin today with a pun that I imagine will make our guest roll her eyes because she's probably heard it tons of times. But I am stoked to be chatting today with Brittany Polka, Vice President of Beverages at Danone, which includes Evian, International Delight Iced Coffee, and yes, the Stoke brand. But I am so happy to have you here today, Brittany. Thanks, Jess. I'm really thrilled to be with you. Thank you so much. Yeah. Let's start with you telling listeners a little bit about your background. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so I've been in the world of marketing since uh, maybe 2010. Uh, I guess I'll, I'll round for myself to not give away my age quite too much. But um, <laughs> I graduated uh, from business school at, at UChicago and I started my marketing career at Mars. Um, so I spent I spent a few years there working on confections brands. Uh, entered the world of the NFL via Skittles, uh, had the time of my life. But then I joined Danone in 2016, moved to sunny Colorado um, and started at Danone. I've worked on many brands within the Danone portfolio, uh, of which we have many. But you're exactly right. I'm now working on um, our ready-to-drink beverages business, which includes the three brands that you mentioned. And specifically here and excited to talk about Stoke Cold Brew. Um, Stoke Cold Brew has been such a fun brand to work on, um, very different in its life stage. It's somewhat new compared to, you know, many, many food brands out there in the world. So only about seven years old as a brand. So I've been on the brand actually multiple times in different capacities, uh, now running it as the vice president, which has been a ton of fun. Um, but it's one of the fastest growing and, and now largest uh, ready to drink coffee brands in the space. And so we have a lot of room to continue to grow, but it's been it's been a wild ride and a really fun one, especially this year. Well, I'm very excited to get into that through your story here in just a moment. Uh, but first, I'm going to throw just an impromptu question at you to get things going. So if you could have an unlimited supply of anything for the rest of your life, what would it be? Oh my, unlimited supply. I mean, honestly, I'm, I'm, uh, tempted to say cold brew because I am the mother of two very young children and coffee is keeping me alive, but that would be no fun because we're going to talk about cold brew so much. So, um, I guess I would say, um, under eye cream, (laughs) I am not getting as much sleep as I typically would. So I was like, what else helps me other than caffeine? Um, you know, I am, my form of self-care these days is anything that's part of my nighttime routine in skincare. And I just love the way like a a nice mask or cucumber cream or anything like that feels at the end of the day. So I would love an endless supply. And also it's pretty pricey. So (laughs) that's amazing. No, I love that answer. And this idea of skincare being this form of self-care. I have a 14 year old daughter who she's all dialed in with her skincare. And she's, when she does sleepovers at her friend's house, I kind of joke, now you guys aren't going to sneak out, are you? And she says, mommy, after we've done our skincare, the last thing we want to do is like go back outside. Honestly, (laughs) what I would not give, nobody was talking to us about skincare. I wish they had been when I was 14, because I can't even imagine where I would be. Uh, from a youthfulness standpoint at this point, if someone had yeah. done that. So you're doing the world a service. Um, and I, appreciate you too. I feel good about that. Thank you. Thank you for, yeah. 
Okay, well, let's let's dig in. I, you know, we love to hear stories from leaders. We think that that's one of the best ways to get inspiration. So we know that you were integral in the development of this sponsorship program for the Stoke brand and the Rexham AFC, and it's like such a cool story. So can you tell me about how that idea originated? What inspired that idea? Thank you. Yeah, um, you know, Stoke as a brand is one that I've wanted to put on a really big stage for some time. Um, now, you know, given its size and scope, it's still one of the smaller brands in the total Danone portfolio, which is saying a lot. Uh, we have a lot of very big brands, um, but I, I've always wanted Stoke to try to do things differently. There's um, kind of a model of how to do marketing and in most, you know, large CPGs, you kind of have a pedigree of how things are done. And in my past experience, I really had the benefit before coming to the company of seeing the value in both, you know, more of a traditional media model, as well as what you really could get out of the earned space. And so when I briefed the agency, um, we have our own internal agency called Harvest. Um, I briefed our internal agency to bring us an idea that would strap Stoke to a rocket ship, essentially find a way to be part of culture and something exciting in culture that's going on that's way bigger than whatever we are as a brand. Um, so really a different model than the kind of typical push one. Um, the cultural excitement around Wrexham AFC is clearly very much attached to the documentary, Welcome to Wrexham, as well as the celebrity co-chairman. Um, but soccer in general is really making huge headway in the United States as a sport that people are suddenly starting to care about. Uh, shows like Ted Lasso, which is my personal favorites, you know, really bringing not just soccer, but UK soccer to the forefront. And so, you know, we saw lots of ideas um, for what it would mean to this rocket ship we were looking for. Um, but we recognize that Stoke was a brand that can do things differently and be part of a thing that's maybe not a natural fit, you know, soccer and cold brew, not necessarily exactly what you think of. Um, but, you know, the ability to bring in something that people suddenly care about in addition to the community of Wrexham, the people involved in Wrexham. It is such a beautiful story and it just feels good. So in addition to, you know, meaningful earned media, it feels good to be part of it. And, and that's something I hope to, you know, get in everything that I do from now on in my career. Well, it's good. You've set the bar now that you want to feel this meaningful and have it be rewarding work. And I'm sure that the creative was so fun to work through. In fact, the the commercial that sort of introduces it and you have the soccer players where they've snuck in the cold brew to replace their tea and how they kind of like lose their, lose their minds over it. It's so funny. So yeah, that juxtaposition must have been fun to play with. So um, you know, when you think about this this program and this sponsorship, did you kind of use any new approaches or frameworks to develop that initiative? Because it's not easy to strap a rocket ship to a brand. And so you had to have done something kind of different. Yeah. Um, you know, the number of times now that I've heard the phrase lightning in a bottle or something like that, um, I've been very uh, privileged to get to hear that a few times in my career. Uh, supposedly lightning is not something you can capture in a bottle, but it's happened a few times. Well, um, yeah, the, the style of marketing is certainly a, a new tool, a, a new approach for sure. Um, you know, the goal is to move at the speed of culture, which is very difficult to do. Um, it's incredibly hard to anticipate. Um, it's really new to us uh, as Danone, certainly. Um, and I think it's really the, the way of modern marketing. I think that's where we're all headed. Um, you know, 
I think the more and more that consumers can see something from a brand that feels like it's already part of something that they've given a piece of their heart or mind to, instead of sort of forcing, you know, a branded message um, to them in a, in a traditional push model is really a new tool and approach in the grand scheme of how long marketing has been around. Um, Maximum Effort is uh, Ryan Reynolds' agency. We've had the privilege of working with them through all of the activations we've been doing this year with Rexham AFC. They're a best-in-class agency partner. And if anybody knows culture, uh, it is Maximum Effort. And so, you know, they, I, I think... As you sort of just navigate the world as a as a human being, you're probably exposed to things that they somehow were part of without even really realizing it. So we've been really lucky to get to work with them and to see how their minds work and to be part of that. Um, again, I, I did get the experience when I, I was working on Skittles many, many years ago. Um, we were a very traditional NFL partner. We, of course, had paid media, Super Bowl ads and things like that. But the power of some of the things we did in earned media around Skittles and, and Marshawn Lynch really um, proved to me that that model of chasing the, the the culture and chasing what people care about outside of traditional advertising is really one that could work for a lot of brands. I have to ask, so have you met Ryan Reynolds through this work? <laughs> I have. Yes, I have. Um, and I, you know, how, how honored could I possibly be that the, the co-chairmen are lovely people. That's amazing. Uh, love to be a fly on the wall in those those meetings. <laughs> so this couldn't have been easy. You must have had some setbacks or some barriers that you faced as you were bringing this program to, to bear. What, what, did you have to pivot at any point? Yeah. I mean, let's be honest. Um, on paper, this seems like a pretty crazy idea. Um, take a U.S.-based cold brew brand, sponsor a team in the U.K., in a tiny town in Wales where we don't sell our product. Uh, we don't even sell it overseas in any capacity, uh, certainly not in Wrexham. Um, and then sponsor the oldest international soccer stadium that's never had a brand name on it. You know, uh, it, it doesn't exactly sound on paper like the kind of thing that's going to move product. You know, that's not, not a really obvious partnership. So there was plenty of education needed to explain how we believed we were going to break that kind of traditional marketing model of not just, you know, traditional paid media, but again, to advertise your brand actively in a country where you don't sell your product doesn't make a lot of sense unless you really explain it. So the strategy was really bridging that gap for people. Who is Rexham AFC in the hearts and minds of American culture? What are they becoming? What what do we foresee is the you know potential behind the documentary and the story they're telling? Um, my brand book for Stoke was not built on soccer or sports partnerships of any kind. Um, so you know, really, it it did take multiple iterations of explaining um, why the link. What is it? What is it about the brand strategy that actually links it to this sport, to this particular audience, to this team? Uh, because it's so much more than you know a typical team or sport sponsorship. Um, and that was an education that that took time and it took iterations on itself. Um, but I think everyone saw you know post the launch moment just how big it could be, not just for the brand, but to bring Wrexham into the fold um, in, a, in American culture has been something that's been really important to us um, in terms of additional ways that we can help them storytell as well. 
Yeah. And for those that maybe haven't seen the documentary or aren't as familiar with Wrexham, what, what are some of those ties to the brand strategy? How have you made that connection? Yeah. Um, you know, the stoke tone of voice is really one about um, calling it like we see it. Uh, there, once upon a time, we kind of used the internal tagline, have no chill, which was a play on words, obviously, being a cold coffee that's generally served over ice. Um Having no chill, though, for us was never about, um, you know, an energy boost necessarily, but more like a state of mind. The notion of um, being part of things that maybe aren't so obvious on their surface, but, be, you know, the willingness to say it how it is, uh, to make bold moves. Um, that's something we talk about a lot. It showed up in some of the quotes and headlines that were made after the fact, quoting me talking about bold moves. But, you know, Stoke as a product is a very bold, very smooth product. Um, it is cold brew coffee at its core. That's what we are. It's what we stand for. Um, but, you know, I think the sense of humor around the way the story is being told of Wrexham, frankly, there's a little bit of um, self-deprecation that felt very much like us. So you, you mentioned the launch moment. Um, in addition to just sponsoring this team, the creative itself involved the players being appalled that they were served cold brew coffee instead of tea and smashing it on the floor of their dressing room. Um, who does that? <laughs> you know, you're, you're selling food and you're saying, yeah, I'm going to buy into the idea that the people consuming it will be so mad that they were served our product that they'd smash it on the floor. But I think that, that, you know, ability to see the world through a little bit of a self-deprecating or self-aware lens uh, felt really right. Because if you, you know, for those who have not seen the documentary, um, they're very honest about what they're doing and why they're there. And um, the team itself is, is a really lovely um, and just beautiful group of people and story. Um, and they care so deeply about it, uh, but they're willing to kind of laugh at themselves. And I think that just felt like such a natural fit for Stoke. Yeah, that's a great personification of, of the brand when it can come to life like that. So when did you know it was a success? What was your milestone of said, this was a this was a win? Yeah, I mean, truthfully, I hope that the uh, finish line is not even close here. Um, we were all in uh, on this partnership and we continue to find really fun ways um, to be part of the story that's being told there. But after kicking it off, we continue to see really great growth for the brand. Um, the ready to drink coffee category has slowed a bit. Um, it's not been around all that long, again, versus other food categories, uh, certainly quite young. Um, but in grocery, in mass, in you know, very, very traditional retail, the category itself has slowed a bit. Um, but Stoke has continued to really drive category growth. So, you know, I think um, I said many years ago when I was on the brand the very first time that I thought all it would take was a bit of awareness. You know, I was like, we have great repeat. People love this product. I feel so proud. I mean, every marketer hopes to say this and sometimes you will even when it's not exactly 100% true, but I'm so proud to work on this brand. I am personally a consumer of it and was before I ever worked on it. Um, I, as I said, I consume a, quite a bit of coffee myself. Um, my husband loved the brand before he realized it was a known brand. Oh, it's really just a great, it's a great product. So we already had a really nice thing going. Um, the, the business was always, was already going quite well, but I can honestly say uh, the rocket ship happened. Uh, what's going for the brand right now, especially relative to the rest of the category is really incredible to see. So there's something really special about putting something out in the world and then seeing results from it 
right away, you don't always get that as a marketer. So um, that's been a tremendous amount of fun. So what would you say is your biggest takeaway? Because there's like dozens of lessons that are littered through that story, but what's your kind of one big takeaway point? Um, you know, I guess I would say, uh, risk taking is, is perhaps a little bit of a lame way to say it. Uh, we, we, we made some bold moves. Um, I think that it really was about following our hearts in some ways. And that's just not something that you're always encouraged to do as marketers. You know, we're also just running the business. Um, you know, I, I'll go out of a conversation about something in raw materials and supply chain and move directly into talking about a piece of creative that's going out there. And, you know, you're, you're kind of all over the place, but to be what I want for my team, what I want for my team, as well as any of the agency partners we work with is to follow our hearts in some of this, uh, be willing certainly to take risks, but really to have some fun. Um, one of the partnerships that we've gained through this additional sponsorship is a partnership with Men in Blazers, who's an incredible media partner. They really are doing such awesome stuff in this space of storytelling around soccer and specifically bringing that storytelling to the U.S. It's really, you know, quite nascent compared to the rest of the world who's apparently cared about soccer forever. Um, so they're doing an incredible job. We, we were like, how do we help not just Stoke, not just Wrexham, but help be part of this storytelling that's going around the U.S. now about the sport and find heart in it, find fun in it. And that's what they're doing. You know, they don't, when they interview players or managers or whomever in the space, they're looking for that human story and it just feels good to be part of it. It feels good to help them do that storytelling. And, you know, even if the direct link to what that's going to mean for Stoke sales on the other side is a little bit harder to get at than your typical, you know, marketing mix model and what that might drive for you. Uh, I knew it felt good. And the partnership and relationships that we're building along the way. I just want each one to feel like it's iterative and like better than the last. And we're building a nice little family here as part of this Wrexham story. And I'm just super proud of it. That's awesome. That's such a fulfilling way to, to be part of a, a marketing leadership role. It's, it's, it's fantastic. So let's turn to you as a thought leader in your industry, in your organization, what's one of your more controversial or passionate opinions about the state of brand building or innovation today? Yeah. Um, I mean, I've talked a lot about how I feel about a traditional marketing model versus the power of earned media and moving at the speed of culture and stuff like that. But I guess I would say, um, you know, working in, I've, I've always worked in food. So in Mark, once I, once I got into the world of marketing, I worked at food CPGs. That's what I've done. Um, and I think there is a genuine obsession over, you know, the next, the next innovation or the, you know, the shiny, shiny new object. Um, we've grown, every brand <laughs> that I can think of has grown tremendously when you really can come up with a state of the art innovation new to the world. Um, you know, sometimes I think it's recognizing what you already have. I often, when pressed to come up with, you know, a really um, bold new innovation pipeline for ready to drink coffee, feel the need to pause and remind people that cold coffee sold in a retail environment that you bring into your home is a revolution. <laughs> that is 
That is innovation. While it's been around for us now, you know, Stoke is a seven-year-old brand. International Delay Ice Coffee is a bit older even than that. In the grand scheme of things, the idea of cold coffee at all, first of all, but cold coffee that you consume at home um, is quite innovative. That is not something, you know, while it's constantly growing and changing, it's still very new. And uh, recognizing what you have, I think, is important. And, um, you know, trying to do one thing really well before you jump to the next innovation or the next, you know, big new thing, I think is something that a lot of brands could benefit from. Yeah, I love that because at Dig Insights, we really believe that innovation is any change that a brand makes with the intent to shift decisions in your favor. So that certainly can be things like breakthrough new product launches, but it can be other changes in how you position, how you message, how you price, how you, all your assortment, all those things. So I'm with you. And I think that uh, <laughs> cold brew is still uh, a new, new to the world uh, product in a lot of ways. So yeah, don't, don't feel like you need the next shiny object just yet. Are you leveraging any new tools or approaches or frameworks in, in your work that you think have had a big impact? Um, you know, I think I have to go back to, you know, what I said about the new approach really being found in Rexum. It's not about the sponsorship necessarily or the partnership, but um, I do think that attempting to storytell by attaching yourself to things that are already happening is not easy to do. <laughs> Certainly, everybody wants to be part of culture and conversation and, you know, be relevant. That's a thing that all brands are trying to do. But, um, you know, I think a willingness to give up what might be the spotlight to that other thing, whatever that is, and ensure that you're building a stage big enough for you both or for all of you, if there's multiple parties involved, like, you know, that approach to marketing and thinking about storytelling as something that is, you know, a form of entertainment for people is what I think is a new tool and approach in the world. And again, I think a lot of, there are brands out there doing this very well. So this is not, you know, brand new information for those brands, but I think on the whole, um, especially in my, in my world of food marketing, um, there's still quite a bit of just like build the perfect ad or the, you know, the perfect thing instead of a willingness, again, to give the stage to more than just yourself, but also to do it in a way that's not so polished, not so perfect. Um, really be creative led and idea led and let it shine for what it is versus, you know, trying so hard to perfect this thing. Um, and instead, if you thought about it like entertainment, I think that most people anymore are more willing to absorb what's clearly branded content if it feels like it enriches their life in some manner, if it makes them laugh, if it makes them feel something. And I think uh, that stuff is better when it's not pretty and perfect. Yeah, that's more human that way. Absolutely. I'm with you. And, you know, kind of rounding out this section, what's your hot take then on, on the industry they operate in, whether that is ready to drink beverages or cold brew in particular, what, what's your hot take? No pun intended. Yeah. Hot take is that it's uh, cold coming in. Um, you know, cold coffee in general, I think is, uh, make, make no doubt about it. There's more and more of it in the world of coffee as a whole, but bigger than that, um, you know, if you, if you 
tinker around any bit in a social environment, you see we've referred to it as the fourth wave of coffee. Um, that's just a good way of a company making something that they see in the world into a phrase they could use. But, um, you know, the personalization of coffee at home is uh, massive. And, you know, of course, you want to stay on top of industry trends and what's going on in coffee house has a major impact on what you might see in the store. But the idea, I mean, Stoke in particular really has benefited from this fourth wave of coffee and personalization in that we're mostly sold in, you know, 48 ounces. We're mostly black unsweetened coffee. That's the vast majority of our business. Various roast levels for taste. Um, that's the perfect palette or, or canvas rather for someone else's uh, personalization. And I think that's why we benefited so much from it is to make a delicious, smooth product that is a perfect canvas for what you want it to be. And I think, um, you know, frankly, the pandemic affected a lot of in-home consumption of probably many, many things, but certainly of coffee. And we've seen a lot of that stick. And so to be part of that is a lot of fun. Um, I think, you know, we're, it's fun to work on a product that people really love consuming and they, that they don't just need to, but that feels part of a, a positive part of their day, a bit of entertainment, a bit of personalization. Um, you know, I don't know if that's a hot take so much as I don't drink a whole lot of hot coffee myself anymore. And it's not because I work on Stoke. I just think it's kind of the way of it. So I'm eager to see how much it's able to take over the world. And I loved, you mentioned, you know, coffee is part of your enjoyment, part of this. And for you, it's survival, right? As a, <laughs> it as a is. One, so Thanks, kids. A lot of boxes in our <laughs> lives. Okay, let's move to the final dig. This is all about you as a consumer. So you can take off your, your uh, professional hat if you wish here. Uh, but what's the last product or service you bought on Impulse? Um, most recently, you know, I spend a fair amount on tic- uh, of time on TikTok, which I'll say a fair amount of my very limited free time. Um, I see a lot of influencer content about self-care, as we discussed at the top. Um, so the last thing I can remember buying on pure impulse was like literally clicking the link at the bottom of the page for a lip stain, um, bright red. I've never been a big, like full face of makeup kind of person, but I find, and I think there's something in here for Taylor Swift. If I have to say, if I have to say so, her red lip has like entered my brain in a way (laughs) that, that really just got me. So I bought a lip stain. I bought a same influencer and, you know, they can link multiple products. So I bought mm-hmm. the lip stain. I bought the lip liner. There was also some sort of like under eye concealer of some kind in that list. Um, but I bought the whole thing. I was like, give me the whole package. But the yeah. lip stain really stands out to me because I've never been a big lipstick wearer, but um, mm-hmm. I've worn it several times. In- I was going to ask how that work out. Yeah. I actually encouraged to put it on. Yeah, I loved it. So I, I got it. It was right before a company event. Um, a big leadership team meeting in Dallas just a few weeks ago. And, um, you know, we're expected to get fancy and, and dress up. And I was like, well, I better up my makeup game. It's been a minute. I'm like usually in front of my computer, right? You only have to do so much. Um, so it was fun. It felt like it lasted all night, you know, how fun. Yeah. So I took a little bit of a risk. I mean, I didn't even try it before that night. That's, <laughs> but, oh, yeah. wow. That's an even bigger risk. This influencer really got me. Well, I love the Taylor Swift is like a visual cue that's now embedded in your in your psyche. So I mean, her red lip yeah. is just time person of the year now. So her red lip is really <laughs> everywhere. Everywhere. <laughs> um, name a category or brand that you could really rationalize any price point for. 
Um, so as I said, I have two young children. I have a, she just turned five, James, my daughter, James, mm-hmm. and um, my son, 17 months yesterday. So Bennett, wow. um, you know, I think in the world of rationalizing price points, I'll, I kind of had to say all baby stuff. Um, mm-hmm. You're in a mode where, you know, you really could say, if someone tells you that's the secret unlock to whatever it is, you're going to do it. Um, and I feel very privileged to be able to say that, but you know, you really, uh, you're at some of your weakest points (laughs) right after having a child. And so, uh, we've, we've tried it all. Um, luckily my, my kids are quite good sleepers, but I would say there were moments where price was not even a consideration if it comes to rationalizing better sleep or, you know, something that you, you're somehow convinced that they really need, um, it's not hard to convince a, a brand new mom in my experience. So yeah, you're ready to throw money at that problem. You really yeah. are. <laughs> and we've been talking a lot about the brand personality for Stoke. And so brand personality is certainly a thing. It's palpable. So what's a brand that you would love to date? And maybe what's a brand that you would love to marry? And they may or may not be the same brand. It's been a minute since I've had to think about this and I did um, struggle a little bit. I think because um, I myself think that I am a person who, um, you know, I like to have fun. I don't take myself too, too seriously. I work hard, but I, you know, I, as I said, I really try to find the humor and a thing and a humanism. And it's kind of hard to see that in brands these days, like really get to the heart of who they are. But Um, you know, I think I do a fair, a fair amount of making up a personality in my head for certain things. So one that came to mind, speaking of baby things that I could rationalize any price point for was, um, up a baby. So I, have got the whole thing, like the stroller and everything that goes along with it. But in particular, there's when the winter comes, they have a thing that you put inside the stroller called a cozy ganoush which is literally a baby sleeping bag that has fleece on the inside. But everything about Uppa Baby, the way that they present and name the various components of these things really does make you feel like I'm doing this, right? Like mm-hmm. uh, cozy ganoush. I'm like, sign me up. Every, I'll, <laughs> I push my son around in that thing. And whenever he's zipped up in this cozy ganoush, you have people on the street saying like, ah, that's that's a good ride or I, what I wouldn't give to be him. Um, it just feels nice. It feels nice and it feels cozy. And I was like, I could use a little bit of that in my life, like extra coziness. So I think I have to go straight to Mary mm-hmm. for that because I just want to live in a state of cozy. Um, Baby yeah. and, it, and it's made me feel really good. But, um, you know, I've had the privilege to, again, be a little bit in the world of lots of other brands, not lots, a, a nice small little handful of brands who have become a family of sorts, um, surrounding Wrexham. And I've just been really impressed, uh, by the, the marketing and, and again, like kind of tone of voice around some of those things. So I have to say, you know, um, aviation gin, <laughs> that'd be, that that'd out, be a, yeah. a fun brand to date. They don't take themselves too, too seriously. And it just feels like the kind of, the kind of fun that I want to be having. So yeah, I'll date aviation gin. That's a really good one. So finally, what keeps you inspired uh, in your in your job every day? I am just having so much fun again. I I say again. I mean, the truth is, there was a point in my career, very very early in my career, when I was working on um, in Skittles NFL program, 
and someone who shall not be named, but who was, who was very senior to me, uh, met me at the Super Bowl, And he said, I just want you to know, this is it. Like, this is, this is your peak. You know, it's never going to get better than this. And he wasn't wrong that it was a beautiful moment for the brand. And I felt really personally inspired by the work that I was doing. And I felt really um, at the center of the work that was happening, which you don't always get to at a big company, right? Um, But he was wrong that I peaked. I think, um, you know, I I was able to say this to a room full of people immediately following the Stoke and Wrexham launch, which was, um, don't let anyone tell you that this is the peak. But what I will say is having now been through many peaks and valleys in my career, um, this one feels especially good. And I have to say, I was looking at a room full of women um, for whatever reason. It's just, you know, the brand team, my extended team, our internal agency team, um, we are a group of incredible powerhouse women. Um, it just happens to be right now. And I think, you know, we're all uplifting each other in this way that feels so positive right now. And every time we extend that a bit to another partner, if it's maximum effort, if it's Rexham AFC, if it's men and blazers, um, we're further expanding on, you know, this notion of doing something that feels fun and that feels happy and that feels good and respecting each other and respecting the work, um, in a way that I just, I haven't felt that pure about it in a long time. So that's going to keep me inspired for some time. I hope to stay on this brand for uh, longer than, I mean, I already, this is the longest I've ever sat in a single role in my marketing career, which is odd to say, cause it hasn't been that long, but, um, you know, I hope to see this one out for, for quite a bit longer. I love that you use the word pure there. When you have that type of pure experience and you're experiencing joy, it sounds like, it looks like, um, and delivering results. So I don't think there's anything better than that. So that's wonderful. Agree. I sometimes say it's, um, it's a tough time to be experiencing such a career high. Again, I have two young kids. My life, if in one word, someone asked me the other day, I was like complicated. That's a non-answer, but that's how it feels, right? Like I'm constantly pulled in, in many directions and I'm learning how to be that, how to be all those things at the same time. Um, so it's a little bit of a blessing and a curse to have this high point happening right now in my career, but I imagine there's some reason for it, um, you know, to get to find joy in my job again and to feel so passionate about it is a real gift. Um, so I'm not taking it lightly and, you know, hope that we can keep building on it. And it's certainly not the last you'll see of Stoke and, and Wrexham. I think um, very big things on the horizon. So. Oh, that's awesome. Well, we can't wait to see that. And thank you so much for sharing that the gift with us. The story has been really inspiring and also informative and hopefully gave our listeners a few more things to think about in their own business. So I really appreciate you being here today, Brittany. Thanks so much for joining us on Dig In. Thank you, Jess. Like what you heard? Share the inspiration or head to diginsights.com to learn more about what we do. 